The foreign policy update direct from the UK with VT's Michael Shrifton, right here, right now on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. And we're back on VT Radio with the fantastical Michael Shrimpton from the UK. Michael, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm glad you described me as fantastical, not a fantasist, which is, uh, which is kind of you. <laughs> oh, my pleasure, as always, sir. Okay, uh, I want to talk to you about a few things today. Uh, number one, I'd like to get an update on the royal family. I know they, uh, we had the, uh, the coronation about five months yes. ago, I believe. Is that right? So I want to That's get that right. update. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you also about Brexit as well. I'd like to get an update on Brexit and the UK and the Ukraine war. I also want to know how are the Trump arrests playing in the UK and Europe. And yep. there's a lot to talk about. So let's start with the royal family update. What's happening with the royal family? Yeah. We don't see them in the news right now. Uh, well, yes, that's probably a good thing. Uh, incidentally, I apologize to viewers. Uh, I'm a little bit casual this evening. I, I should explain to viewers that I, I, I in addition to being an intelligence consultant i'm also a legal consultant that's the day job and some of my work is prison related as i'm a specialist in habeas corpus and uh i have several cases on at the moment one is a death penalty case from the west indies uh, another is a habeas corpus test case from the uk and i'm i'm doing two other cases involving prisoners and um uh, three other cases involving prisoners and i simply cannot control when i get called from prison that I've had a whole series. This interview was put in the diary weeks ago. And then, uh, uh, of course, people choose to ring me at the most inconvenient moment. So <laughs> no time, I, I no time to put on. Listeners, forgive you. I think we're okay. I thought, well, that's very kind of them. I, I no time to put on a, a suit and a tie. It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, and as soon as, as soon as we're finished, uh, I've got a solicitor ringing me about urgently arranging a barrister for hearing on Monday involving a prisoner, uh, who's not been served with the appropriate papers. Oh. Well, there we go. Right. Uh, now the Royal family King, uh, as I predicted, I mean, I didn't predict his regnal name correctly. I thought he would reign as Char as George the seventh in tribute to his grandfather, George the sixth. That I thought a deal had been done. Indeed, a deal was done with the Queen Mother, uh, who was uh, the Dowager Queen. That's to say, George the Sixth's Queen, Queen Elizabeth, uh, and that. But that that was scuppered. Not, I think, of the King's own volition. Scuppered by the Cabinet Secretary Simon Case, uh, who seriously blotted his copybook. Uh, the trouble with the royal family uh, and one of the reasons why britain is in such a mess is that the royal family can't really exercise its constitutional functions uh without pressure from without encountering pressure from the cabinet office who control the royal family's budget which is absurd since the royal family subsidized the king subsidizes the treasury by handing over a large percentage of his income from the crown estate which ought to go directly to the king uh so the the cabinet secretary and the treasury between them control the king's purse strings and are ruthless in terms of applying pressure to the palace to get them to do what they want as opposed to what the palace would like to do, which is always the right, invariably is the right thing. And they also control royal security. Now, this is not widely understood. Uh, some years ago, Queen Elizabeth II faced down an armed intruder in her bedchamber uh, he was a man called Fagan, and he was armed with a knife. Mm -hmm. 
and the Queen talked him out of murdering her. Uh, the public were only told about the intruder. They weren't told about the knife. Uh, the public were also not told that the Commissioner of Police for the Metropolis, uh, Sir David uh, McNee, uh, was a traitor, as was the Cabinet Secretary, Robert Armstrong, a disgusting little man, nasty little man, uh, who was also involved in betraying the p position of the Royal Marines uh, in the Falklands to the Argentinians in the hope that the Marines would be shot up. Uh, he and the commissioner got their heads together and arranged for a withdrawal of royal security. The reason why the Queen's police protection officer wasn't there is because he had been withdrawn. The police were ordered to stand down and leave the Queen defenceless. That was treason because uh, uh, McNee and the cabinet secretary were conspiring uh, to murder the Queen, uh, and that is sufficient was sufficient under the law at the time uh, for them to have been executed after a fair trial. Of course, tragically, they weren't executed. The failure to uh, the failure to identify them as traitors, to expose the plot, and execute the Cabinet Secretary and the Metropolitan Police Commissioner should have been done. Uh, obviously, they would have been hanged nicely. I mean, a slap up breakfast on the morning of the execution, uh, a padre and what have you. Uh, it would have been a nice execution, uh, insofar as executions can be nice. Um, it would have all been properly done. The fair trial first, uh, followed by a death sentence, followed by a swift hanging. Uh, the, the failure to hang the Cabinet Secretary and the Metropolitan Police Commissioner meant that nothing was ever done to reform royal security arrangements. Royal security ought to be in the hands of the army, uh, i.e. the SES, not the police, uh, with police tagging along. Uh, one of the roles of the SES, of course, would be to shoot the police if we had a situation, as we did in the Fagan episode, of the, the security of the sovereign or a member of the royal family being threatened uh, by a stand down from the police. And uh, there may be circumstances where the SAS protection officer would be justified in shooting the police. For example, if the police looked as though they were going to draw a weapon uh, and themselves shoot the sovereign. We have to, since the 82 incident, since the Fagan incident, we have to deal with the possibility of police officers being traitors. And we saw the way in which Thames Valley Police worked with German intelligence uh, in the bogus prosecution of me. We saw that uh, the police are not riddled with traitors, but uh, uh, treason in the police force is a, a sad fact of life and has to be allowed for. Therefore, any security arrangements to be effective have to involve protocols uh, whereby uh, uh, armed security officers, if need be, uh, take down the police officers who are nominally protecting the sovereign, but in practice not willing to do the job because they don't report to the sovereign. They report to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, who in turn reports to uh, the, uh, the Cabinet Secretary. So that, those these royal security arrangements are ramshackle uh, and effectively under Cabinet Office control. There's a, a, a committee, in fact, uh, uh, Rospac, which decides who gets protected and who doesn't. Uh, the king inevitably will be concerned, not so much for his own safety, uh, but that certainly of the of the queen, whom he loves dearly, and also uh, and in particular his little grandchildren. Uh, Prince George is aged only ten. Uh, the three grandchildren are vulnerable, and uh, the cabinet office and the police are so ruthless uh, that uh, it, 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 any concerns for their welfare would be 
realistic. So uh, the king is in a difficult position. We need to sort out, well, we need a new cabinet secretary, of course. We need to sort out the royal security arrangements so that uh, uh, officers, that's to say military officers, arm, officers of the armed forces, loyal to the sovereign, are in charge of the sovereign's personal security and that of the royal family, in particular the children. Uh, and we need to sort out the royal finances and also transfer ownership of the royal palaces. And until those three things are done, uh, it's very difficult for uh, the, the palace to stand up to uh, the cabinet office. So we, we've had the cabinet office pushing the new king around, uh, but all all this is being noted, uh, John. Every, everything is being carefully, uh, you know, this is the situation has been carefully watched, um, and Simon Case's uh, career. Uh, 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 is coming under review. Only only this week we saw uh, Benjamin, the two weeks ago, I think Benjamin Fulford uh, did an expose on Simon Case, which will have been watched very closely by the uh, intelligence community um, since uh, Ben's column is widely read, as you know. So that's that's the situation with the king. The, the king has performed marvellously well uh, as sovereign, and, and I'm not surprised. I always thought he would make a good king. Uh, I, I think his son, William, will make a great king. Uh, I, I don't think Charles III is going to have enough time, sadly, to really... Uh, uh, the, the, the constraints on the monarchy at the moment and the, the fact that he's come to the throne at such a late age... Uh, immediately after a much-loved queen who'd been on the throne for 70 years, uh, it's going to be, it, it's, always, it's always going to be a very difficult task uh, following in the queen's footsteps. Uh, and I, I don't think he will ever be thought of as a great king, but I'm sure uh, he's already been thought of as a good king, and rightly so. I think he, he is a good king. Um, and uh, I'm sure his reign will be looked back upon by the British people uh, with great fondness. He is a wonderful man. I've never met him, but he is a wonderful man. Okay, so I want to ask you a question about this Brexit situation, what's going yes. on. It's been about, has it been seven, how long has it been exactly since Brexit well, started? Well, it's been seven years since the referendum, but it's only been three years since we actually formally left the, it's only been uh, just over two years, in fact, since we actually left the European Union. Uh, the problem has been. Now, I see. The, I see the. I see. I see the ki the young people on YouTube complaining about it. I see people in Spain that have retired. You know, people from the UK that have retired in Spain complaining that they voted for Brexit, but they got all their health care removed, and now they can't afford to retire in Spain anymore, and they voted against their own interest. Is well, there a prevailing uh, I, I, situation yeah, I, I, in the UK right I, now that doesn't like Brexit? Well. Uh, uh, certainly, th it's true that the cabinet office, which takes policy to the government, uh, in practice, all major policy decisions are taken by the cabinet secretary. Britain is not a functioning democracy at the moment. Uh, the prime minister just rubber stamps what the cabinet office want. Uh, we had a coup, as you know, in September last year, where the Liz Truss, who'd been elected leader by the conservative grassroots, was... Um, uh, evicted from office in a coup backed by the CIA, the Bank of England, the Treasury, the Cabinet Office, and so on, uh, plus DVD and GO2 in the background. Uh, in other words, a cast of thousands um, and, uh, and a coalition of bad guys. Uh, the uh, uh, One of the reasons for removing this trust was to ensure that 
Brexit was not in fact implemented. We're in a strange situation where we have quasi-Brexit. We're not formally members of the EU, but we're still tracking the EU. The NHS, for example, is being starved of cash, um, partly because it's blowing £10 billion a year on observing the EU Working Time Directive. Um, a lo- uh, British roads are in a dreadful state because they're being pounded to pieces by uh, overweight or well, uh, uh, very heavy EU lorries, uh, or that's to say trucks, uh, built to EU weights of 44 tonnes, which British roads simply are not designed. Our roads are much older than those in Europe because we built them first. Uh, and you've got the absurd situation of we're being out of the EU, but we're still, our truck weight limits are still decided by the EU and they are far too high. That's 44 tonnes on five axles. British roads can't handle it. Um, even our motorways weren't designed for nearly nine tons an axle, and uh, the roads are being pounded to pieces. And of course, the government get the blame because the potholes are not being filled in. But it's EU lorry weights that are causing the breakup of the road surface, and nothing's been done uh, to 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 deal with that. Uh, and there, are, there that those are just two instances, uh, there's a whole raft of policy areas where we are following EU policy. Now, the Cabinet Office want to go back in. The Labour leader, Shakir Starmer, I call him Von Starmer. Von Starmer wants to... Sorry, I'm gasping for a coffee. Uh, Von Starmer wants to uh, take us back into the EU, but he's he's terrified of telling the British public the truth. Um, uh, He's pretending not to want to rejoin. Uh, but he's he's been visiting Europe. He's been talking about alignment, which is code for uh, tracking the EU as closely as possible with a view to joining what might be a sort of third tier of membership should the EU be changed along the lines recently proposed by France and Germany. So there's, there's public dissatisfaction, yes. That's beca- partly because Brexit has not been fully implemented um, and we're still suffering from a whole range of EU laws. The government, uh, in the last couple of weeks, the government has shown signs of breaking free of cabinet office control. That's partly because I've been supplying intelligence on various people in the cabinet office, partly because British intelligence have penetrated the cabinet office. and We have a clear idea of what they're up to. Um, uh, And partly because there's a Mexican standoff between the Prime Minister and the Cabinet Secretary. Um, the Prime Minister's had a little bit more freedom of manu- room for manoeuvre in the last few weeks, and he started to actually implement a couple of Conservative policies. I know that sounds strange since he's not a, a Conservative, but he's a Social Democrat. Baskerading is a Conservative. Um, but he... Uh, the last couple of weeks, the, the opinion poll lead enjoyed by Labour has narrowed as the government has, uh, you know, started withdraw from net zero, for example, um, started talking tough about immigration, uh, showing some slight signs of actually doing something tough on immigration as well as talking tough. I, you know, we've had the, we've had Richard Sunak's speech this afternoon. I haven't had time to listen to it. it it's he's a deadly dull speaker. No offence intended. Uh, he's a deadly dull prime minister, and his policies are deadly dull for the most part. Um, uh, he's cancelled the northern leg of HS2, the the silly high speed railway line, but he can't cancel the southern leg because of the fifty million pound bungs that were paid uh, in order to try and stop the Brexit referendum, uh, which were linked to a HS2 contract. Uh, 
which means that it means that we've had, the whole of southern England has been ripped to pieces uh, in order in order to push through this absurdly straight railway line. British railway lines traditionally have lots of curves in them uh, because they go around fields and and uh, very privately owned properties and uphill and down dale. Uh, the the HS2 is designed for very high speeds, which will never be attained in practice. Uh, it's therefore being built straight and level. That means huge amounts of tunnelling and bridges, uh, massive destruction of the countryside, ancient woodlands being ripped up and so forth and so on. Uh, all of this is totally unnecessary in order to have a high-speed robo line that goes from a station in Birmingham, which nobody uses, in fact, has been shut for over 100 years, uh, called Curzon Street, um, to Old Oak Common, which is just around the corner from Wormwood Scrubs Prison. Now, if you live in Birmingham and you've got a friend or relative or a spouse in Wormwood Scrubs, uh, then it's great. Um, it will certainly make life easier for prison visits from Birmingham to Wormwood Scrubs. But other than that, <laughs> it's not. It's, other than that, it's, it's going to be, of, if you'll forgive the expression, bugger all used to anybody. Right. That's, so so we're, we're what I'm hearing from you, Michael, is we have Brexit but yeah. we have some leaders that are kind of doing a non-Brexit on Correct. the side. It's kind of like we have Brexit, but we really don't have Brexit. It's kind of a, Correct. a, 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 so, a really, we're part of the EU, but we don't want to tell anybody. Is that exactly. what's going it, on? It's, it's, it's Brino, Brexit in name only. It's, <laughs> it's so bizarre, right? It's crazy, it right? What we want is a proper Brexit. I mean, we, have, we haven't killed any Germans, for example. That's hopeless. I mean, Bomber, <laughs> Harris, Bomber Harris would never approve. I mean, you know, there, uh, there isn't a single, we haven't, we haven't shot, we haven't sunk a single French fishing boat yet. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not what I call a proper Brexit. <laughs> well, it's very strange. How is the UK economy going right now with this quasi-Brexit thing going on? Well, it's bumping along. It's doing slightly. We're doing slightly better than the French and the Germans, but that's not very difficult. Uh, we're not doing as well as you guys, even with uh, Biden in charge, and that shows how bad the situation is here. Uh, the, the economy is growing slightly. Uh, it, it, we're not actually in a recession, unlike Germany, uh, and it's not actually flatlining. Uh, there's a little bit of growth, but not much. And of course, yeah. the, the 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 prime minister and the chancellor of the exchequer are anti-growth, and uh, the uh, I'm pleased to say we you, you viewers should see a little bit more of me now. We've, we've got a bit more light shed on the situation. Yes. Unfortunately, it's probably be with with my physiology, it's probably better to have less light than more. But there we go. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid I don't uh, possess particularly handsome features, but there we go. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, my distant cousin, uh, Jean Shrimpton, who first modeled the miniskirt to the early 60s, uh, oh. her, side, her side of the family got the looks, my side belumbered with the brains. Uh, I remember her. She was a model, right? She was a model, yes. She was a great model, yes. She's a distant relation. Um, she's now retired. She, she eventually ended up running a hotel in Penzance. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wanted to just I, I rang up to book dinner there, but uh, she's now retired from that and living uh, living in Cornwall. We've never actually met, uh, although I've spoken to her son. Um, we've never actually met, but we are we are distant relations. She's from the High Wycombe branch of the family. I'm from the Long Crendon branch of the family. Uh, yeah, most of Shrimpton's tend to be related. We lost one last week. Actually, he poor chap had a heart attack and, at the wheel of his bus. In Liverpool, oh. and 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 it overturned, killing him and one of the the, the the school kids that he was carrying, which he would have been very very uh, upset about. Um, 
bit very sad. He just seems to have had a heart attack and, and uh, whilst on the motorway and uh, collided with the central reservation. He wasn't drunk. You wouldn't expect a Shrimpton to be drunk at the wheel. Uh, the... Yeah, yes, that was Gene. Gene, Gene's side of the family ended up with the looks. My side were lumbered with the uh, with the brains. But you can't have everything. You can't have everything. <laughs> Question for you on the Brexit economy: Is is that what's affecting UK policy with Ukraine right now? Because we, we want to understand how the UK is dealing with the Ukraine war. Help us understand that. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, it's a bit like the economy. It's kind of uh, it's uh, the Ukrainian uh, the Ukrainian offensive has stalled, like the British economy. Uh, but then we have Jeremy Hunt in charge of the British economy, so you'd but you'd be expected to stall. And we've got um, that idiot Zelensky in charge of the Ukrainian offensive, so you'd expect that to stall. Uh, the Ukrainians are going nowhere fast. Uh, we keep getting huge pronouncements uh, every time they recover a yard of land there's a huge pronouncement it's a little bit like blackadder the fourth if your viewers remember uh, blackadder i don't sure how, to what extent blackadder was shown in america was it uh, did it appear on american tv it, i am not familiar with it so you can explain okay. it to our viewers. well there's a wonderful aha uh -huh. well allow me to introduce viewers to blackadder uh, uh, i actually had dealings with the key the star rowan atkinson admittedly only by facts. I knew his brother, Rodney, lovely man. Uh, I tried to get Rowan involved in my consortium to st save Rolls-Royce from the Germans back in the end, back at the uh, end of the 1990s. Rowan Atkinson is the star. He plays a, a fictional uh, historical figure called Blackadder. Uh, uh, there are four series. One's set in the Middle Ages, one's set in the reign of Elizabeth I, one's set in the reign of the regency uh, of a George III was on the throne, and one is set in World War One, and oh, Blackadder is a captain in the trenches. And uh, there's a general called General Melchett, played beautifully by Stephen Fry, who's just stepped down as president of uh, MCC. We, we we were very pleased with him as president. He was a very good president, uh, and and the general is examining three yards of earth, and the aide talks to the general. Uh, I think the aide was played by Hugh Laurie, from memory. Uh, uh, or was it Tim McEnany? Tim McEnany, it might have been. Uh, the, the aide, is, the, the general is saying, well, what, what's the scale of this three yards of earth? He said, oh, there's no scale, sir. That, that's, that's all we managed to achieve in the latest offensive, three yards. And the Ukrainian, it's very funny. I mean, it's not as funny when I tell it, but it is funny when you see it in the program. So uh, watch the episode in Blackout of the Fourth where uh, there's an offensive, the big push. And it's a little bit like the big push in Blackadder the Fourth. Uh, the Ukrainians are, are covering very, or re recovering very small amounts of territory in exchange for very large numbers of casualties. Uh, we haven't seen anything like it in Europe since Passchendaele in 1917, when the British army bled itself half to death uh, trying to force a way through to the Channel ports. Uh, the strategy was sound. Uh, unfortunately, the tactics were shit. <laughs> the rain came right. down and turned the whole battlefield into a mud bath, at which point the whole offensive should have been called off. But unfortunately, we carried on with it. Uh, big mistake. Um, mind you, Lloyd George was a German spy. He was in charge in London. He was the prime minister. And if you have a German spy as prime minister, what can you expect other than heavy casualties? Uh, Lloyd George saw an opportunity to uh, bleed the British Army dry. Kitchener had raised 
you know, the new army. He'd been murdered by the Germans the previous year uh, when they mined, sorry, torpedoed HMS Hampshire, a cruiser torpedoed off Scarpa Flow off the Orkney Islands on her way to Russia, carrying Lord Kitchener. Kitchener had raised this huge army. The Germans are very worried about it. Lloyd George thought Passchendaele was a marvellous opportunity to destroy it, which is why he insisted on the offensive continuing. Uh, it's very easy for idiots in wartime to get away with saying, we want to push at the enemy. Uh, very difficult for intelligence officers and generals with a brain, of which there are a few. Uh, met one recently, in fact. Uh, generals with a brain uh, often have great difficulty in talking sense into gung-ho generals uh, who are all in favor of attack, regardless of the casualties. Uh, the Ukrainians are being very gung-ho with their offensive, uh, but they're achieving very little at considerable cost. I'm hearing figures, John, of 20,000 Ukrainian casualties a month. That's dead and seriously wounded. Uh, and I I'm, I kind of buy those. I, I, it's very difficult because there's a veil of secrecy, but I, I would suspect Ukrainian casualties are running around 20,000 a month. That level is unsustainable. At the same time, the level of Western support that Ukraine has had is also unsustainable. I warned the war was coming, as you all know at VT, because I, I, I certainly went public on VT from recollection in November 2020, saying there is going to be a war in the Ukraine following Biden's, following the rigging of the 2020 election. I said uh, the Ukraine is involved here because of the Ukrainian-Biden connection. I can see a war coming. Nobody listened to me. Mm-hmm. And the result was that nobody in NATO, uh, nobody in Britain, nobody in America ordered the spark munitions that Ukraine was going to need. And because we delayed in ramping up munitions stocks uh, and ramping up manufacture, uh, we were unprepared when the war happened. Uh, you know, th- there was a couple of weeks advance warning, uh, and that was about it. Uh, and even after the war started, we still haven't, neither Britain nor America has increased defence production, nor meaningfully increased defence expenditure. And all we've done is run down stockpiles uh, to the point where we, we literally have run out of kit. We don't have much more kit to send to the Ukrainians. Incredible. So what is the current UK policy 2023 towards the Ukraine? What's the position of the government as, well, as we Well, I think policy, policy would be too strong a word with every respect to the government. Uh, the pro, I don't know the British government has a policy. The, the, the pro-Ukrainian Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, was forced out. Biden virtually ended Britain's membership of NATO. We're still formally members of NATO, but he set in train the process of UK withdrawal by blocking Wallace from being Secretary General of NATO. Uh, the the British government are formally supporting Ukraine, but they they also formally support net zero. And up to last up till today, they formally supported the northern leg of HS two. Uh, it's the Birmingham Manchester leg, which has been scrapped today unceremoniously by the Prime Minister. Uh, so the British government is formally supporting the Ukraine. Uh, I think the British government actually realizes that the game is up that we have very little more to send them, uh, that the public are getting weary of the war, and that there will have to be a settlement in which peace is traded for land. And that's something I have been urging since last year. And had Do you I think that's going to happen very t- anytime soon? 
not anytime soon, but I think it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen this year. And another 100,000 Ukrainians at a minimum uh, are going to be killed or seriously wounded. Uh, there's going to be a lot more expenditure of lives and a lot more expenditure of treasure uh, before the parties get round the table. But I think come the spring, they're going to have to get round the table. Uh, the, the basis of the basis of deal is there. I, uh, the, the Russians have annexed parts of Ukraine. Uh, they remain part of Russia, and Russia, you know, that, that's the end of it. Uh, the, the war is uh, there's a, there's a settlement on that basis. Gotcha. Now, I've been checking the BBC and France 24 news, uh, basically European news as well, looking around to see what's important for them. I notice at the top of the top of the heap there is the Speaker of the U.S. House being ousted yesterday. That seems to yes. be a top of the news. Um, and I noticed that the Donald Trump uh, fraud trial is way down. It's almost not even part of the news in the in the in the European theater. Um, can you confirm that for me? Am, am I reading yes. that right? Or how does the UK yes, see all this? What's going on? Yeah, let, let's start with the fraud, the, the the Trump fraud trial. The reason they're not getting that the, the Trump fraud trials got huge coverage when there were the arrests. That's because hardly anybody in Europe understands American law, and they all reached political conclusions. Uh, the the media in Britain and Europe, not part of Europe, of course, we're an island off the coast of Europe, but. Uh, the British and European media hate Trump with a vengeance. And they leapt on these charges, not realizing, or perhaps they did realize and didn't care, that they were politically motivated nonsense. None of the charges against Trump stacks up. There's a, there's a grotesque parody of a trial started in New York this week on charges which, as I read US, as I read New York laws, it's a, it's a New York prosecution, uh, they're out of time. Uh, uh, the The charges have been laid under a, a statute, but the statute of limitations rules it out. Uh, now, what Trump's lawyers are doing, uh, Trump's been, on the whole, pretty badly served by his lawyers. I'm not surprised he keeps changing them. Uh, unless I'm missing something, and I understand limitations, you know, I have advised I've got a limitations test case in the Court of Appeal at the moment, where I've been advising on, I understand limitations pretty deeply. Um, the New York statute of limitations is quite clear. Uh, it doesn't apply if you're out of state. So the statute of limitations is suspended whilst you're out of state, but you have to stay out of the state. If you are maintaining your connection with New York and regularly returning there, uh, then time continues to run. And although Donald Trump moved out of New York to Florida and was not therefore perhaps domiciled, he certainly wasn't resident in New York and may not have been domiciled in New York State, he was returning to New York regularly and frequently. The statute of limitations therefore continued to run and these New York charges, as far as I can tell, the time expired. And at some point, that's going to hit the, either the Supreme Court or a, a judge with a brain somewhere uh, who's going to ask the very basic question, well, who cares whether he's guilty or innocent? You're out of time. Now, the mm -hmm. Colombian judge isn't taking the point, but then the Colombian judge, we need to do a thorough 
counterintelligence investigation of the judge. We don't know what pressures are being applied to his family in Colombia. We don't know what payments may or may not have been made into his offshore bank account. We don't know if he's got one. Uh, there's been very little investigation of the judge. I am afraid do not trust this judge. In any event, he should have recused himself. He is not just a Biden supporter. He is a contributor or was a contributor to Biden's re-election campaign. I do not care that the amounts were small. Uh, of course, it, we don't know what the true amount is. Uh, he may well have contributed far more than the published amount. The published amount is trivial, frankly. It's, 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 it's nickels and dimes. But nevertheless, he was a contributor to President Biden's re-election campaign in which his opponent was Donald J. Trump. How on earth in those circumstances can the judge be seen to be fair? And the test of bias is the same in America as it is in England. It's a common law test. You must, it's not just that justice has to be done. It must be seen to be done. And it's not just that the judge must not be biased. Uh, uh, There is also a concept of apparent bias, which applies in New York as well as it does in England. Uh, Would a regional observer have cause to think that the judge might be biased? And in this case, uh, to have a known admitted supporter of the Democratic Party and President Trump's opponent in a bitterly contested election in 2020, uh, presiding over him, uh, it, it is clearly a nonsense. And it doesn't matter what the verdict is, it's going to be thrown out. So on biased no, grounds, as, as regardless I can of tell, the merits. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, as I can tell, in, in the EU and the UK, it's really not making much of the news. What's making more of the news is the Speaker of the House, which has Correct. never been ousted in the United States. It's been Correct. 247 well, well, years, I believe. It's never happened. So this is Correct. 10 times Correct. bigger than what Trump's going Yeah, through. it is. I, I, I should have said, or perhaps final comment on the to Trump cases. I think the media are slowly realizing that the cases are all crocs. And that's why there's less excitement about them. Coming, returning to the very extraordinary ousting of Kevin McCarthy, first personally, he's very welcome since I'm marginally to the right of centre. Kevin McCarthy was marginally to the left of centre. Uh, he was a wimp, no offence intended. He was absolutely useless as speaker. I'm not surprised he was ousted. Uh, I've been calling for his ousting for months. Uh, and I was not the least bit surprised to see him chucked out. Yes, it's never happened before. But there's probably, uh, I mean, very few parties, but there's very, there are very few speakers have been as useless as the ex-speaker was. Uh, it was also suffering, sadly, from age-related dementia. Uh, I mean, he was starting to lose it. And I think that uh, authority, there was an appalling incident a few months ago, and authority really started to drain away from him when that video uh, went viral of him just losing it not as bad as joe biden uh he's not you know he's not he's uh, fairly compass mentis whereas joe biden sadly isn't compass mentis at all uh, unless he's on his medication uh, and we don't know how long the medication lasts but it doesn't seem to last more than a few hours <laughs> I mean, they, they sort of pump him full of pills and he's he he creates an impression of being compass mentis for a few hours and then, then he wanders off the reservation again uh mccarthy was showing signs of wandering off the reservation uh, and that undoubtedly contributed to his downfall. It, it's mainly, uh, he's mainly got, he, he, the main reason for his downfall is because he got into bed with the Democrats and he's not, uh, he's not, he's not a conservative and uh, he didn't have the support of his party, but uh, he was starting to lose it. Now, 
you know, I, I qualify my comments in this way. Uh, age comes to us all. I mean, I'm getting a bit creaky myself. Uh, and it is a sad thing when someone's mind starts to go. Uh, it was very sad and tragic with Ronald Reagan. Uh, the left mocked Ronald Reagan cruelly and unfairly. Uh, I'm not mocking McCarthy because he's uh, showing signs of dementia any more than I'm mocking Biden because he also suffers from dementia, in his case far more advanced. Uh, this is a tragic and very sad and debilitating illness from which a great many uh, men and women suffer. The problem comes, however, uh, uh, however sympathetic one might feel for the individual, the problem comes if they are wielding great political power and they're not up to it. And uh, however sad it might be for the individual, uh, in the interest of democracy and society as a whole, um, individuals who are not compass mentors should no longer be hanging on to power. But basically, basically, both McCarthy, McCarthy, neither McCarthy nor Biden is was up to the jobs they were and are doing. You know, we just had Diane Feinstein, senator from uh, California, just passed away. Yes, she was she, 90. she passed away this week. Yeah, the last couple of years, uh, she wasn't even there. Um, same no. thing with Mitch McConnell. He, no one knows where he is. He's been failing in his health and stalling. His been what they call freezing, but no one knows where he is either. He's he's nowhere to be found. So uh, we have all wow. these career politicians in the Congress and in the presidency as well that have been around for 40, 50 years. Ah, can I, can, uh, I, can I row back? Was it? I was referring back to a video, which I, I haven't seen, in fairness, I haven't seen for a, a, a couple of months. Was that Mitch McConnell or was that Kevin McCarthy? Mitch Do you McConnell remember the was the one uh, Mitch McConnell. So I beg his pardon. I beg McCarthy's pardon. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Yes, sorry. I, I, who's the leader of the Senate. Yes, I was getting the two confused. Uh, but but right, if you can bear in mind, a huge amount passes my desk every day, uh, and it's been it's probably two months since well, I, I don't I, think I mean, a lot of people in America would disagree with you that Kevin McCarthy has lost his mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I think you're you're almost there. My, my comment my comments were fair, uh, but um, in, in fact, the video I referred to was of McConnell, not McCarthy. Yes, uh, McConnell right. has a problem. Uh, I don't think McCarthy has a problem to the same extent as McConnell and Biden, uh, but uh, there is a serious question as to whether he was, in fact, fit to carry on his duties as Speaker. And, and that has, I'm sure, played a part in the decision to remove him. The interesting question now, Michael, is... I, I, I want to stop for a second, Michael. He, here, I'm in Mexico right now. In, yeah. this, in the country of Mexico, the president serves one term for six years only. That's mm. it. He gets elected, he serves, he can never serve again, it's over. So the day he takes office, he doesn't have to keep campaigning and asking for funds and all yeah, this it's, nonsense. It's, there, are, actually, there, are advantages, there, there are advantages to that system. The disadvantage is that you lose, you lose experience when the guy leaves office, although in the Mexican case, uh, there haven't been that many great presidents. <laughs> Right. So he'll, well, he'll, 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 he'll so, so the current president reti uh, retires and then goes and grows some uh, uh, makes some fentanyl and slips it across the border to make money. Yeah, okay. well, they, they probably become emeritus and become advisors to the party, that kind of thing. So it's, they don't yeah. disappear; they just can't be the, the head of the office. I, yeah. I think in the United States, we need some sort of reform like that because we're just getting way too many career politicians that are profiteering off the business of being a politician as opposed to serving their civic duty. 
And I think yes, that's part of the uh, reason why the American public is so angry across the board, left and right, by the way. They're being divided by the media. But in reality, every American's pissed off at the whole system. That sucks. Well, yes, I think changing the system is not going to be easy. It's very difficult to change no. the American Well, they don't want to change it because they're profiteering from it. Well, yeah, I, I, I actually don't envisage the constitution being changed it's very very difficult to secure an amendment to the no US no i didn't mean that but i mean at least changing the the rules for you know, let's say public can public funds for campaigns maybe or uh, you know yep, change, yep, how about yep, term fine. limits age limits yep. maybe yep that you that know. makes sense age limits are a problem because you've, you you'd almost certainly have to amend depends on the office that you're talking about but almost certainly you'd be talking in the federal case of amending the us constitution uh, i right. can see why age limits are being talked about at the end of the day i think it's up to the parties not to uh, not to select uh, people who are so old they're not up to the job now oh, again man has to be man doesn't want to be ageist about this uh, mccarthy mcconnell and biden the three examples of men who have been in public life for many many years um are not growing old gracefully with respect um, and have serious mental competence issues because of mental decline. Donald Trump, on the other hand, uh, is very fit and shows no sign of mental decline whatsoever. He's not started to believe in global warming. Uh, he, he, uh, so I, I don't think with, the, in Donald Trump's case, I don't think his age will actually be an issue next year, assuming he's not back in the White House before the election, because he is made speaker and uh, Biden is removed under Article 25 and uh, 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 the vice president, Kamala Harris, is impeached, which she might well be. So you think we're heading down that road? Well, I don't think you're heading down that road, but it's put it this way. You're at a, you're at a fork in the road and one, one of the roads at the fork leads off in that direction. Uh, it yeah. is now serious. It has been proposed that the speaker, next speaker, be Donald Trump. And I checked. When I first saw that, I thought, that can't be right. He's surely got to be a member of the House. And I went and looked at Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution, and lo and behold, uh, the congressman in question had done his homework. Uh, you do not have to be a member of the House to be the speaker. Now, So, you and, I can be, so you and I can be the Speaker of the House? Oh, I'm, I'm available as Speaker of the House. I think you have to be a U.S. citizen. Uh, although, <laughs> although, since Obama, who's not a U.S. citizen, was president, I suppose me being Speaker of the House of Representatives would be less bizarre than having a Kenyan citizen uh, as President of the United States. I mean, he was entitled to be President of Kenya. He wasn't entitled to be President of the United States. Uh, he, was, he is not, never has been, a U.S. citizen. Uh, I'm not a U.S. citizen. I, <laughs> if offered the job, I would gratefully decline, but uh, with, with, a, with a nice thank you. Well, uh, at, least we know you're, at least we know you're available, right? I'm available. Uh, so is Donald Trump. Uh, he hasn't <laughs> actually come out and said, no, I will not accept the office. Uh, I think, in fact, that the suggestion of Donald Trump as the next speaker was moved uh, that uh, some thought was given to it. I don't think that was uh, a, a somebody misspeaking, and I suspect the statement was preceded by consultations with constitutional lawyers who said, yes, Donald Trump is not barred from being Speaker of the House of Representatives. So I wouldn't, I don't think it's going to happen, 
but I, I because I don't think he would get enough votes because I think uh, left wing Republicans would vote with Democrats and the Democrats are not going to have him. But don't don't rule it out. Fair he enough. Might, but he I'm might, he might bend out, Michael, because we're we're running at the end of our our conversation yes. here. We're at the forty five minute point, and you, your prison is calling, of course. So I just well, want to say, be calling shortly. Yes, yes. I want to say a few things. Thanks for being on VT Radio today and shedding light on all the issues. Um, I want to ask you a question. What's what's happening for you this coming week? What are you working on? Oh, well, I have uh, – <laughs> what am I not working on? I'm working on this capital case from the West Indies. I'm working on my habeas corpus test case. I've got uh, a motoring test case running in the high court. I've got this uh, limitation point on a planning appeal running in the court of appeal. I've got, say, three other cases involving prisoners uh, uh, that I have to work on. There's a hearing coming on, on, on Monday in a, in a county court in London that um, – uh, uh, needs organising, and I've been consulted by a solicitor over that, which is that will be the next call as soon as I'm off the uh, as soon as I'm off air. There'll be a call on that, I'm sure, since I told them to bring me back after 8 p.m. UK time, which is where we are at the moment. Um, I have a Mensa function. That's the the, the the British Mensa function on Friday. I have my new Daimler to sort out. I, my old Daimler developed a bit of corrosion underneath, sadly, so she's gone or in the process of going. Uh, I have to organise the sale of the old Daimler, the storage pending, storage pending sale. I have to collect the new Daimler, and then I have to fill it with four new tyres since you've been stored off road for four years, and <laughs> uh, the tyres develop flat spots. So I've got four new tyres to organise for that. So I've got plenty to be occupying myself with, along with re- regular and frequent consultations on what's happening politically. Saturday, I've got the Reform Party conference. I'm a member of Reform. And we've got the Reform Party conference in London, where I hope to be having a quiet chat with the leader and possibly bumping into my old friend, uh, Nigel uh, Farage. Um, And I've got a video conference on Friday afternoon on a huge bust-up involving a charity and a negligent firm of solicitors that managed to cost the charity thousands by failing to get paperwork into court on time on a cost application, uh, costing the charity tens of thousands. I... uh, 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 and I've got an immigration mad head by the way as well. Apparently, I, I mean, basically my plate is pretty full at the moment. Yeah, it sounds like your teacup is very full, and you got to eat a lot full. of And, and I've got to energy. find time. And I've got to find time to write my column. You can see why my columns of VT have been a little bit erratic over the last few months. I'm, I'm trying to get them back onto a regular, a regular Saturday publication schedule, but um, it, it, it ain't easy, Johnny. <laughs> No kidding. And speaking of not easy, uh, if you out there support what Michael's doing, please donate to Michael. Michael, on your on your articles, you have your uh, donation. Link, I right? had the stripe. Right. I do. Yes, donations are very, very welcome indeed. Yeah, <laughs> the law, the law, the, le- the legal consultancy work. I have to charge no fees because I'm not a member of the bar at the moment. Although I'm in the process of organising that, uh, and maybe back at the bar next year, uh, maybe getting my royal pardons. Another thing I'm working on at the moment. Uh, we may get the royal pardons through quickly. At the moment, they're being held up by Simon Case, the cabinet secretary. So, uh, you know, I can only charge low fees. Some of the work I do is pro bono. And, uh, yeah, uh, contributions are very, very gratefully received. Yes, I agree with you. In fact, to all the VT listeners and readers out there, don't forget to get your VT cup. It's right there. you got the VT Radio Coffee Cup right there. It's, it's available on our website. Uh, and don't forget to support us. It, on every article on the right side, you'll see a buymeacoffee.com where you can click 
and uh, donate a one-time donation to VT, or you can become a member at $8 a month and support us that way. It's really appreciated. We were not mainstream media. We're not corporate supported, and all this does cost money, servers, uh, broadcasting, all that stuff does cost money that we have to pay out. Mm, so it does. anytime you can uh, donate that and help us out, it's a huge, huge deal. You're an important person when you do that. So please join us as a member. Much appreciated. On that note, yeah. Michael, I would say have a fantastic UK evening. I know it's uh, nighttime there. It's getting darker as we speak, right? Yeah, it, it is dark already. I'm sorry I don't have a VT mug. I was just looking at my mug. It's a rail. It's a Class 45 and a Class 47 British Railways diesel engine mug. We'll have to get you one, Michael. Okay, take care, my friend. You too. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.